Talking benefits. 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 Talking. Talking. Talking benefits. You're listening to Talking Benefits, the podcast brought to you by the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans. Every month, we dive into retirement, healthcare, hot topics and trends, and whatever else the benefits industry throws at us. I'm Justin Held. I'm Julie Stick. I'm Ann Patterson. Let's talk benefits. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Benefits. I am Justin Held, Associate Director of Research and Education at the International Foundation. Uh, As a longtime employee at the foundation, uh, I keep a pretty close eye on the top trends that are impacting the benefits landscape. And a topic that's become a lot more top of mind since the COVID-19 pandemic is caregiving. So the Employee Benefit Research Institute defines caregivers as those who have provided unpaid care of of an adult and or child within the last 12 months in a non-institutional setting and help their care recipient with at least one activity of daily living or instrumental activity of daily living. As a benefits enthusiast, this is a very intriguing topic as it touches on all facets of our world. Healthcare benefits, long-term care, retirement security, paid and unpaid leave, flexible work arrangements, the list goes on and on. So for this episode, we're gonna take a deeper dive into caregiving and we're gonna be going directly to the source, Dr. Craig Copeland. Craig is the Director of Wealth Benefits Research at the Employee Benefit Research Institute. Craig has been with Ebre since 1997, and as part of his efforts, he works on the Retirement Confidence Survey. This year's survey, which is the 33rd iteration, took a deep dive into caregivers and retirement. Dr. Copeland, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Justin. So uh, if you could please tell us about the survey and why caregivers were chosen to be a special focus of this year's survey specifically. Yeah, as Justin said, this was the 33rd year that we've done the Retirement Confidence Survey to really focus in on what people's attitudes are expectations about retirement. Starting in about 2019, RCS started a focus on special populations so we can find out more issues that go along with those special populations. For example, we did one on Black and Hispanic Americans to find out facts about what they're thinking about retirement compared to the overall population. So when we were thinking about doing the 2023 survey, the issue that came to light was caregivers. Out of COVID, a lot of things really came into focus on how People took care of their parents and family and loved ones because how people cared for it after COVID changed. And therefore, we really wanted to focus in on how employers could help this or if they are helping this and what these caregivers needed to get them through this situation. And then to also see how it impacted their retirement security going with the theme of uh, the Retirement Confidence Service. So sort of understanding what the caregivers are facing, can you just provide us to start out with some background on who caregivers typically are? uh, What characteristics are more likely to to define these individuals? Well, unsurprisingly, uh, females are more likely to be caregivers. Uh, Minorities, in particular Hispanic Americans, are more likely to be caregivers. Uh, and, and when you, we look at it from a financial aspect, it's, it's, also, it's also those with lower assets and more likely to consider debt to be a problem. So it's people that have lower incomes that aren't quite ready or aren't able to provide paid care for it. So they have to take it upon themselves. But one thing we must remember is that anyone with parents still living could become a caregiver without much or any notice. So this really isn't going to be confined to certain groups as it could really affect all of us that have people that we care for. 
or could be caring for. Absolutely. And according to your research, what is the impact on the caregiving on those individuals that you mentioned? First and foremost is the impact on mental health, where you know, two-thirds of worker caregivers and 55% of retiree caregivers say that their mental health is negatively impacted by providing this care. And uh, on top of their mental health, it's also their physical health, where 50% of all caregivers say that their physical health is being negatively impacted on this. So there's a bunch of health considerations. Well, while you're helping someone that needs health care, it's also affecting your health care. And not only is it affecting their health care, but it's also then affecting their finances. It's lowering their ability to save for emergencies and retirement. It also is impacting negatively the hours that they want to or can work. And it's also then changes the ability to manage their own finances. Not only is it you're actually providing this care physically, but in many cases, actually 55% of these caregivers say that they're financially supporting the people that are receiving care. And 50% of those are providing $5,000 or more dollars annually. So this is a very significant, not only physical toll, but financial toll for many of these people. Right. The last question kind of focused on the individual. More broadly, uh, the impact on the individual's health and financial security. Does caregiving also have a broader impact on the economy as well? Well, it's interesting that caregivers really appear to make individuals more cautious and skeptical about the U.S. economy. So it's really affecting the caregiver's thoughts about the economy. And inflation in particular is really a more of concern for uh, these individuals and housing costs and changes in system. So it's really thinking about how the system is playing out in front of them, that caregivers have a new focus on everything that could potentially go wrong. And now they have to be careful of what's going on because they could see how quickly things can unfold. You know, someone going into needing care is really someone that's going to be sick and need financial assistance that really changes the dynamic for them. And also, it's not only just kind of their worldview, but also kind of their view of their own retirement seems to be impacted, particularly those with higher incomes. They feel that they have less likely of being confident that they'll have enough money to live comfortably throughout their retirement. And one thing that's sad about this is that they are doing the work. They are doing the preparation tasks, such as uh, saving for retirement calculating how much they need in retirement, understanding how they should be managing their day-to-day finances. So it's not that they, they just aren't doing it. They're, they're really being impacted by this caregiving, and it's really changing their whole thoughts and perspectives on the economy in general and their personal finances specifically. Very fascinating. Very fascinating. Very interesting how attitudes and actions at the individual level play a huge part on the economy as a whole. So we've been talking about the direct impact on those workers who are still working and maybe approaching retirement, but caregiving can also impact those who are retired as well. Can you tell us some of what you found out about retirees in your research? The biggest thing is that retirees who provide caregiving are much more likely to say that their lifestyle in retirement is worse than what they expected when they first started retirement. So we really see that those altered lifestyle providing this caregiving is changing their enjoyment in uh, retirement because now they're spending much more time with family and friends to provide caregiving, not in a way that's necessarily enjoyable, but a way that tends to be stressful, you know, both physically and mentally. 
And also then it seems to be also impacting their, their housing expenses. They either need to adapt their houses if they're caring for a spouse, or they may need to stay living in a certain place so they could be near who they're providing caregiving for. So there, there, there's all these aspects that kind of build on each other. Caregiving, uh, it's, it totally changes what you want to do, and it also adds expenses in your retirement. Fascinating. Again, so the last couple questions, a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of negative impact of, of caregiving on the individuals. So from our perspective and the employer perspective, what can an employer do to help their workers who are caregivers, uh, either for their parents, children, other dependents, et cetera? Well, flexibility in work is, is the first thing that employers can do. And, and that is something that has become more common with the uh, hybrid work schedules to really understand that you know, you have to go during work hours to be able to take people to doctors or to get medicine. So, so it's very important to have that flexibility. And then it, it's necessary or it'd be helpful to provide support. It doesn't necessarily have to be direct financial support. Yes, that would help. But it's other things like providing education on how to provide these services or who can provide these services, how to finance these services through government programs, insurance, or even establishing a trust that helps pay for it, particularly if you have a child with disabilities, can also be an important thing. And one of the big things that more and more employers are doing for different groups are organizing resource groups, because this can really get people together that are caregivers that had experiences, can both provide mental and moral support, but they can also help other people exchange ideas on where and how to provide care for people, you know, the support that they need. Uh, having these experiences and share these experiences can really bring about information that they wouldn't have without this. And really getting to know others that have been through this can be really helpful for the employees to get through this situation. That's fantastic. Yeah. Emphasizing those resource groups. Those are a source of key takeaways from your peers who have gone through the situation, which is becoming more and more common. So those key takeaways get more and more valuable. So Craig, that was wonderful. I want to thank you for your time and your insights. Where can people find the results of this year's Retirement Confidence Survey? Well, we'll go to our website, ebri.org, go to our retirement tab and look for Retirement Confidence Survey. And we both have the general results and the results that focus in on caregiving available from our website. Wonderful. Again, Craig, thank you so much for your time and your insights. Extremely valuable. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you for having me, Justin. And that is going to do it for this month's episode of the Talking Benefits podcast. We will be back in your podcast feed soon. Thanks again. Want to learn more about this and other important benefits-related topics? International Foundation members now have exclusive access to the Benefits Knowledge Center. It's a valuable perk that provides members with three ways to get information. Personalized research, instant resources, and a platform to connect with industry peers. Find out more at ifvbp.org slash Benefits Knowledge Center. And if you're not a member already, you can join at ifvbp.org slash membership. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. And subscribe to the show in your podcast app so that our episodes will automatically appear on your mobile device. Talking Benefits is a production of the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans, the largest educational association for those working in the benefits industry. If you're into benefits, check out all the International Foundation has to offer at ifebp.org. Our show is hosted by Justin Held, Ann Patterson, and me, Julie Stick. Produced by Stacey Van Alstein and edited by Amanda Gilsmer. 
Today's program is copyrighted in 2023 by the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans, all rights reserved. The opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers and not to be used as legal counsel. Very fascinating, fascinating, very fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Again, that's fantastic. Fascinating.